0: There has always been a stereotype that Black people don't swim.
1: But we are here to tell you that we do, and we are good at it.
0: I am Coach Adrian.
1: I'm Dr. Shira. We are the hosts of the Swim Culture Podcast. We want everyone to know that aquatics has always been a part of the Black culture and experience since the beginning of time.
0: From scuba diving, to fishing, to the Olympics, and surfing, we have done it all and are still doing it. Make sure you tune
1: in and dive into the culture.
0: The swim culture. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the swim culture podcast. And um, my name is Dr. Ashira. I am Coach Adrian. And we are here for another great episode. And this time we are going to talk with Coach Adrian about her um, experience in aquatics and how she got to where she is now um, as a swim coach and, and everything. So um, let's get started. So Adrian, could you tell us a little bit about how you got into aquatics and how you got into this area as a Which swim area? coach? Oh.
1: I was, well, how you got into um, aquatics? Well, I remember... Uh, learning how to swim in a lake at a girls' club, Ooh, a Girl Scout cl- camp.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was probably five, and I remember that distinctively. Going to the lake and going to make honey. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I know, right? I don't know why that's like <laughs> Anyway, so... Making honey. Yeah, we made
0: in honey. In the lake. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Hey. No,
1: go ahead. Okay. So I just remember always swimming after that. Like I remember mm-hmm. we uh, relocated um, and we went to the recreation center and my mom put me swimming then and they had like a developmental swim team and I did that. And um, I just always remember doing it. Like I don't remember doing anything else until mm-hmm. I got to high school. hmm And, um, you know, of course, you go through the regular struggle of the hair, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't want to do it. So I started playing basketball. But the thing was, my mom was like, well, you know how to swim. I invested all this money. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got to at least be a lifeguard or something. So got me a job at my local pool as a junior lifeguard. So that was my first experience ever taking the lifeguard. I had to been like maybe 14 at the time, 15. And, um, I did it every summer. I got a job at the Y after graduating high school for that, my little summer job. And they were like, um, I was a camp counselor and they was like, Oh, who can swim? And I was one that could swim. And then they were like, I remember getting the job easy because they were like, well, you can be a lifeguard or, and I remember the lifeguard job was so hot. I was just, <laughs> hot. Was like, yeah. it's just too hot, you know, to sit yeah. out here, to stand yeah. out here and I got to watch all these kids. And they were like, yeah. oh, well, we need instructors. And if you're an instructor, you don't have the lifeguard. I'm like, what? Okay. It was only because I was hot and mm-hmm. I've been an instructor ever since
0: that is funny. Girl, I remember being on a lifeguard stand and getting tans on my feet. Like you could tan everywhere, but I would be like, "Oh, I, I got this tan on my foot." Like I was being, being an outdoor lifeguard was was horrible. was yeah. Like I I was looking for reasons to, you know, like, "Listen, we need to rotate so I can get in the shade over there." Or, you know,
1: but yeah. I you didn't know. have they gave me that opportunity, girl, and I ran to it. I'm like, and okay, well, I'll teach the kids. I'll teach the kids.
0: So, and how did you enjoy? So, what was that experience like when you first started? Like, you started because you were hot, but you know, <laughs> did you? When, when did you start to realize, like, oh, I enjoy doing this?
1: Honestly, and maybe in the last few years, okay. it, was, it was always considered a job. You know, it was. Okay. I, I never had another job, so I never uh-huh. had. Like, like a fast food or
0: anything. Yeah. Like
1: always, every summer, I automatically knew I was either going to go to the YMCA or the Boys and Girls Club and that was going to be my job. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really know it was important until I was fast forward into working with kids with autism. Mm -hmm. That's how I got into Adaptive Swim. Mm -hmm. And I was working uh, with a family and a supervisor and I was mentioning that I had to leave uh, my schedule I wasn't open because I had to go teach lessons at the Y and they were like oh you teach swim lessons and I'm like yeah and so my supervisor was like oh all these and it was actually around the time where a lot of deaths were happening with kids with autism mm-hmm. and she was like oh well, we need to um, get them to swim because he, like, he, the one particular kid in particular he was a runner mm-hmm. and he liked water
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, that was a concern of theirs Mm -hmm. and they wanted me to teach them how to swim because in their community they live like right across the street from the clubhouse which had the pool there and so that was like always one of their things you know and so the supervisor she wrote up a program because we actually were I'm a RBT which is a behavior tech for a plot behavior analysis Mm -hmm. which is um, a behavior science that's recommended and used mostly for children with autism and uh, she wrote up a program and um for me you know teaching the kid how to swim and it worked out and we just found out through teaching him to swim like there was verbal um behaviors that we were working on that sitting at the table he wasn't learning Mm -hmm. um then physically because he didn't have a physical activity and they were finding that he was more physical he was sleeping better so a lot of things that uh, we were working with, with him, we were finding that swimming was actually helping us get to reaching most of the goals. So that's when it got interesting to me. And I was oh, like, okay. wow, okay, this is, this is different. At the yeah. same time as my son was going through early intervention processing and us, um, you know, finding out about him having, uh, ADHD and his sensory processing. And so that was actually his OT recommended also. She said, well, do you guys swim? Are you familiar? You know, And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a swim instructor. And she's like, really? Well, you should put him in swimming. And I noticed with him, swimming days, he was not as hyper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teacher actually would not say anything at all, or she'd have a really good praise report <laughs> um, on him. And he actually said to me one day he had a birthday party and he says well I don't want to go swimming and I said why and he said because I'm going to be tired. That let me know it worked, mm-hmm. it calming down that hyper, yeah ADHD. So I'm like okay wow. So that's when it clicked that oh this is interesting. And I started okay. doing research and finding more and more out about it.
0: Well that's that's amazing because you know I have um, of course going through you know my education and stuff I took. Classes on you know adapted physical education, and we had to do observations and stuff. And we would those tactics and things to see to try to have them. Um, I'm not know if I'm not sure if I'm going to use the right terminology, but it seemed like it was like coping mechanisms for like triggers that they oh, yeah. that they would have. And so um, yeah, and swimming is like an amazing therapeutic you know activity for so many people. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, disabilities and handicaps and mental health and things like that. So I know um you have the aquatic side, but tell us a little bit about your um profession as a educator in special education and how that, you know, of course you talk a little bit about how it relates to aquatics, but let's talk about your you as an educator. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, I um you know, after college thing, you need a job. <laughs> I've been graduating from college, I was looking around like, uh, so
0: what am I going right. to do now? And, um, so, yeah, and
1: um, I went to the school system, applied, mm-hmm. and um, they hired me with a provision and they told me that I was going to have to go to this special needs school. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know anything Um about so special needs school. Yeah. Um, the school was actually designed for kids with autism. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So I was like, Oh my God, the only experience I'd ever had in back to swimming was mm-hmm. at the YMCA with a little boy who had autism and his sister grade. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much from the kids and so much um, in that environment. And, um, I actually taught at that school for two years until I transferred to North Carolina
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And um, that is when I got more involved uh, with the education of autism and started working as a um, RBT. At the time, it was just an ABA um, therapist, but they actually ended up making a full certification out of it, which was um, RBT. And I did that for a while, but it was hard because it was only like insurance motivated and the only insurances that actually would get to that, um, uh, type of services was the people who were in the military. Mm-hmm. So that made it kind of difficult to, um, to reach a lot. so I actually went back into the school system
0: mm-hmm.
1: and stayed there and I have done 10 years now and now I am branching off. Mm-hmm and focusing more on my aquatic world because that's what makes me happy. So just implementing what I learned in the classroom and um, on a clinical side and now just putting that together. And that's how I came up with my business, of Swim Life Fitness, where I wanted to focus on dealing with all abilities and making awesome. it Awesome.
0: Awesome. So, yeah, so speaking of Swim Life Fitness, you have your business, Um, and you're teaching swim lessons and and things like that, but could you just tell us just a little bit more about swim life fitness and what else you're doing
1: with that? So swim life fitness again was only dedicated for dealing with persons with um, disabilities. Somehow Mm -hmm. the siblings of these kids wanted to join too. So it ended up Turning into uh, a learn to swim, um, stroke development,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and just fitness. Some people just literally want to know how to, they want to lose weight and they want a low impact exercise. So Mm -hmm. we get together and, um, you know, we do, we, uh, you know, I make everything individual. So I don't really do any group lessons. I Most I'll do is a semi group, which is Mm -hmm. probably three of his siblings but everything is um, individualized and I make sure I focus on it's person centered and the whole person. And we talk about nutrition um, and uh, their physical activities in the pool, even outside mm-hmm. of, the pool. you know, like mm-hmm. you know, important, how important getting that walk is that brisk walk, you know, um, just different things like that. So it's kind of went into its, Kind of metamorph, I guess. As I metamorph, it metamorphed.
0: Okay, that's awesome. So you're doing a lot of things.
1: in um, and I high school, so then I got into coaching somehow. Compete. Oh yeah. And I found out that that was way different than learn to swim. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a whole different. View. It's a whole different world, and yeah. I was like, "Oh wow, I didn't know." Some yeah. technology it was just like you know, and I remember you know. You remember things from, you know, like middle school, high school swimming, but I wasn't like focused. I definitely was one of those kids that I was there cuz my mom wanted me to be. So it's I didn't so, remember with, a lot of it. It's with like
0: when you are around those swimmers who have been swimming since they were like 4, you know, like 5 on a competitive level. Like it's it's like a it's so much on the line sometimes, you know, things yeah. like and the parents, you know, like I you were talking about me in the previous show about my son, you know, and um I think you know, sometimes it's like I've invested all of this. Like your mom said, I don't put paid all this money. Like you're gonna do something in aquatics, like we're doing something. And it's like, no, <laughs> you're know, you gonna swim and um Yeah, so I think it's a lot more pressure. Well, I I know, but it's a lot more pressure. And it's just a whole different type of atmosphere when it comes to competition versus the learning thing. And and one thing I like to stress is, you know, physical education is different than competition in sports. Like, people be like, oh, you're you're in athletics, right? I'm like, no, I'm in physical (laughs) education. (laughs) Like, it's it's different. Like they, they are under the umbrella, but I'm about teaching like these fundamental like and, and, and building blocks, and teaching the motor skills that are necessary. People forget that these motor skills are necessary to so necessary. even do these athletic. Like you need to learn how to do streamline. You need to Before know how to the bubbles. Before you can do anything else, like absolutely. So what I found
1: out now, I also I'm a coach on a USA team.
0: Yes, and she's doing a, lot, she is a y'all. She is doing a lot.
1: So what we found is that you have parents that are like so gun ho on. Oh, I want my kid to be on silver. Oh, I want them to be on gold, and they're like six. And I'm like, well, first of all their body composition is not Given
0: even my opportunity to develop.
1: to develop, to even get to that yeah. level. Like, yeah. you know, the reason why they're crying on the sideline is because you have them swimming in the competitive field that they're not ready for yet. You know, yeah. So um, I thank God for my head coach, Melissa Wilburn, who she has allowed me to say no other kids are going to go to the next level because I'm like, you know, from last year to this year, because I'm like, how can, I said, you have to explain it to parents like, like taekwondo. Mm-hmm. You can't walk into a taekwondo and say, I want to go straight to the black belt. Right. There's so many levels before yes. you first belt, you know, and it's the same thing with any developmental activity and think- especially with swimming because swimming, yeah. you have to, have to deal with the breath, then you have to deal with the limbs. Then you have to li- deal with people being free because now you are focused. Like the only thing that's really holding you is you in the water. Mm-hmm. So you don't have anything else to. There's no ball to hold. Right. There's no, you know, uh, turf to walk on. You are strictly floating, and
0: swimming isn't a natural thing for us to be it's doing. Not natural. <laughs> so,
1: like we are, like, you know, you you are not land first. Breathe in air, we don't have gills. So now yeah. you have somebody how to swim underwater. And I'm like, right. if they haven't gone to the developmental part, they're going to be a horrible swimmer because they're not going to be able to breathe. They're not going to be able to make it their entire event because they don't, they don't have the right technique. So I've learned that where I was kind of um insecure at first, like, man, you know, I'm over here with these coaches and I really don't know how to coach, but I really learned that I actually kind of had a leg up because development, stroke development, the foundations, mm-hmm. all of that is so important.
0: All of that is, is it is vital. It is necessary. Like you have to have that. And things have to be um developmentally appropriate. Right. Like, you know, and, and I think that it's one of the important things for us as advocates and educators and, you know, and instructors, swim instructors and whatever, all the titles that we have, but to, to, to then educate the public and educate parents, you know, and, and even through the, through the pushback and, you know, all of that to be like, listen, you, they, these are steps that have to be taken. They just can't go from, from a to like R or a to Z. Like they like, there's a whole bunch of steps in between, and you know I think that that just has to be stressed because you don't want people in situations where they feel more comfortable than they and 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 they have like a false sense of reality. They
1: do have that false sense of reality, and that's why I tell parents like, by the time you put them on those swimmies and all those floats or whatever, like they think they can do things they really can't do, and they come mm-hmm. in here and the parents like, oh, they love water, they love water. I'm like, okay. And I get them thinking they love water, and as soon as I let some uh, drops hit their face, now and,
0: ah, and I'm like, girl, Wait a minute. I let me
1: tell you, love water.
0: Now let me tell you, I got a story. Hold on, because <laughs> oh, we went, we went to the pool because um, our air condition was out, so we were like, no, we got to go stay in a hotel for a, a day or so. But we went to the pool, and Aiden, the last time Aiden was in the pool, he would freak out. But this time we took him and and um, he did he did amazing, but my husband and his my mother- in law was like, you gonna get him some floaties?" I said, no. <laughs> he, for what? Like he needs to know, you know, like he needs to have um, get acclimated to the water wow. without all of these things around him. And, and know like, I can't stand up. I can't do, you know, I can't do, I can't let go of mommy because, because he was in the water, like moving his arms and kicking his legs and I was holding him. But he was like, mommy, I can swim. I know he's two and a half, but like, baby, no. Mommy holding you, like, no. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want him to like, continue doing that because I have seen many a kids run out of the locker room past their parents and jump right in the pool. Like, no, no fear. Yeah, no, and I'm not. like, no. So, anyway, but um, you were telling us about your um, your background and everything. And so, what are you doing now in addition to coaching and um, and being an educator and stuff when it comes to aquatics? What other aspects are you doing? Um, so in the community and advocacy. What are you doing?
1: So I um
0: what other things do you have going on?
1: So I started a middle school program geared towards um the middle schoolers and is focusing on dealing with like their body image, Mm -hmm. self-esteem,
0: um
1: all of those internal things that happened during that middle school age that people seem to overlook.
0: Man, middle school it's, is no joke.
1: No joke. And so just targeting um, them. So we have like um, I have a psychiatrist that's on board with us and we have um, all of the coaches are mindfulness trained. So we all have, are trained in mindfulness. i now mm-hmm. a mindfulness instructor because we want to have them to have a better, higher functioning.
0: Mm-hmm
1: to make better decisions and a lot of research that has come out recently that I've read has um, really focused on the onset of mental illnesses that um, result in you know the one major one is suicide
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, for kids by the time they get to high school you know the high school the the rate of teenagers killing themselves is outrageous and a lot mm. of it's in middle school and it, in um, middle
0: school and is yeah, and just like what what's going on to, in today's time, like the social media basically, and like, yeah,
1: why? So, oh and my
0: it's, gosh,
1: it's helping the kids to, um, and that's one thing too, like getting them off of the internet, um, learning, you know, how to feel good about themselves, body imaging, and swimming is the best thing because basically all of them are are bare when you're on the yeah. deck, you know, the girls having their swimsuits and the boys too, and people forget about the boys
0: right and yes boys have, have body image issues have, as well like,
1: right and my son is yeah 12 but he's five ten. yeah so, bigger than everyone you know he has to learn how to use his limbs mm-hmm. um he's just so awkward right now and yeah. i know that that has brought on insecurities for him
0: and yeah they're going through hormone changes
1: and right and people forget about that age group so that is what yeah. I do there. So I have some great community um, people in the community who have donated to us. So hopefully, or if it doesn't, hope, you know we'll be able to go for next year. But the um, team is built. And now I have other middle schools that are joining. So I'm hoping to kind of get that going, um, moving it across just outside of our city limits. Awesome. Uh, and I have joined Diversity in Aquatics.
0: Yay
1: and I am um, co-chairing the adaptive committee. Mm-hmm. And with that we have a lot of great things in store so I'm, I'm actually really, really excited. That's actually one of my most um, things that I'm looking forward to working on. One of my biggest projects I'm looking forward to working on I think is going to check off my boxes.
0: See, I, see I, I invited you to come in and, you know, straight to work. Yes. There we go. I appreciate,
1: <laughs> it. I appreciate it so much. And yeah. uh, let's see, other than that, I am just um, trying to continue to be a advocate um, mm-hmm. in the swim world and uh, trying to advocate to have swimming more accessible um, to everyone, Um, who it would not normally be accessible to. So we're talking intersectional. We're talking not only um, Black American and um, Latino Americans. We're also talking people with disabilities Mm -hmm. who don't have access.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And, you know, once you get to being Black and Hispanic or, you know, and have a disability, you really are going down the totem pole of, you know, not having yeah. access to yeah. a luxury. That should not be a luxury. Right. It should definitely be a life skill. So just working and networking and trying to get those things off the ground. And I don't know if it's COVID has been a gift or a curse um, with doing that, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's where we are right now. So everyone's still at the table.
0: Well, that is awesome. You were doing a lot of things that are, positively impacting, you know, the community and stuff. And so, um, you know, through uh, our collaborations and working, you know, with the network of people, you know, I think that your work will continue to have great impacts on, you know, everybody that you would come encounter, encounter, uh, in contact with, my bad.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. But I'm looking forward to the swim culture here because I think we have a lot of great um, topics and we have a lot of great people that's lined up that are excited to join us and um, for people to kind of understand that you can have beautiful hair, beautiful skin, um, you can heal your body, Mm -hmm. illnesses and um, mental illnesses. You can definitely heighten your wellness by just Mm -hmm you know, get involved in some type of um, leisure, aquatic activity. I and mean, it can be so leisure, it's just go sit at the lake, but it's so beneficial.
0: Right, yeah, and we talked about that before too, you know, how aquatic activities are, anything that's in near, around the water, or in the water. And so, um, yeah, we'll continue these discussions and, and um, I'm so glad we were able to talk with you about what you do and how you're contributing you know, to this aquatic space. So, thank you so much, Adrian, Coach Adrian.
1: Thank you, girlfriend.
0: And the guys, we um, will continue the conversations. Um, and remember to um, follow us. And if you want to get involved or if you would like to be um, on the show, make sure you contact us and um, uh, the culture at gmail.com. Um, or you can follow us, um, at the swim culture on all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the swim culture podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can get involved by following us at the swim culture on Instagram and Facebook. See you all in the water.